everybody and welcome to this week's edition of This Woman. I am your host, career strategist for the Black Woman Over 40. And the minute I heard my guest, she, she connected me through a slightly different medium regarding something else I'm doing for the Black 50 and Female series I'm doing the LinkedIn Lives. But she reached out to me and I wanted to hear more about her story. You know I'm a curious type. So, um, and here she is, so Dr. Malika T. Edwards. Malika, welcome to This Summon Can. Thank you so much, so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our talk. Fantastic. So let me just do a little bio, a little intro for you. Uh, Malika T. Edwards is a human resources cracademic, and I've not heard that before. We'll come back to that. With <laughs> over 20 years of experience in human resources. As a HR practitioner, she has worked as an associate consultant with a global services firm, and she's provided end-to-end -end HR services for multinational corporations in the bauxite sector, the finance sector, the petroleum industry, and the manufacturing distribution industry in Jamaica. In 2015, she left the corporate world and went back to school to pursue a PhD in human in human in human in human resources. Get my get my get my work <laughs> out there. And um, so, while this, um, so sorry, human resources and leadership development. Let me get the whole thing in. And whilst pursuing doctoral practice studies, she became a columnist for a regional media house where she provides best practice HR tips and advice through her columns, The Career Corner, and HR for Business. After completing her PhD, she embarked on a journey in academia, very different to the corporate world, where she currently serves as an assistant professor, teaching students pursuing undergraduate degrees while conducting research on aging in the workplace. Ooh, Ooh. that's a lot. <laughs> Malika, welcome, welcome. welcome. When I hear you say it, it sounds like a lot. It, it doesn't sound like a lot in my head, but when I hear you, then I say, who? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you have a young family too, if I, remember, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I have a little one. She's 20 months old, so oh, I'm new in that way as well, yeah. Yeah, I've got good luck with that. I'm, I'm you know, yes. you're, good, you're good with that. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I need that one. I need it. <laughs> so, Malika, my normal question I kick off this woman can... Tell us a little bit about your journey and how we, how you got to where you are today. You're not actually in Jamaica anymore, are you? So tell us a little bit about, I'm not in Jamaica. about that transition. Right. right. So as you mentioned, I worked in HR for years. Um, right now, I've calculated maybe a little over 20 years in a different sectors that you mentioned. But I'd always wanted to do the PhD. So the PhD, I was one of those persons that had a list of things that I am going to do. And the PhD was on that list. And a number like I had gotten into PhD programs years before and different things were happening in life at the time. And I deferred, deferred once, deferred twice, never did it. But fast forward when 2015 came, a lot of things were happening again. And again, the, you know, the desire, like you have to do your PhD, you have to do your PhD. And so I recently started a job. I was like a year into the job. And I said, you know, I'm still gonna apply. So I got a call from a colleague in the US and they were like, you've always been talking about this PhD, what's happening just out of the blue. Mm. So I said, well, let me just take the plunge again. And I applied, I got into the program and I resigned my job. Um, oh, yeah, literally maybe like a year. I, don't, I probably reached a year and a few months and I resigned my job. And within a month I was in the US and I started classes, did the PhD. 
I had a plan for three and a half years. It took me four years. So I said, that's fine. And then at the end of the PhD, my plan was to do the PhD and then go back home immediately and go yeah. into consultancy. Yeah. That was a plan. And I was very clear that that's what I was going to do. But while doing the PhD, I started to enjoy what I was doing. Like it was fun. Things that I didn't know I could do before, like statistical analysis that used to give me panic attacks before I started to enjoy it. I was enjoying the data, enjoying the research, enjoying the conferences. And then I thought to myself, well, just try. Like you've never done academia before. You've done corporate. So try something else. So the opportunity presented itself. I went on the job market and here I am now. So I got a position, um, an offer to be an assistant professor. Mm. And I decided that I was going to accept the offer. So I stayed and I've been in the U.S. since. So I'm back and forth between Jamaica and the U.S., but I am based at a university here yeah, in America. Okay. So that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. So is it normal to go from corporate to academia? Because I thought I, I usually see people going out of sort of, I suppose, career academics and then moving into um, more consultancy in the corporate world. So mm. was that a normal route for you or were you a little bit against the grain? I don't know if it was a normal route. So you're right. I think people, they go into academia and after that, then you become a consultant. Yeah. I, or you go back into corporate. I don't know that it's common to move from corporate and then to go into academia, but I mean, people do it. And, you know, you mentioned earlier how I became a pracademic. Becoming a pracademic is because you are a practitioner or you were a practitioner and then you go into academia. So it happens. But frankly, I don't know that it happens often, yeah. but it certainly does happen. And yeah. I decided to be one of those that would go that route. And what do you think? I mean, I went I went to university when I did my first as a mature student. So I, I know what the benefits were for me for doing that. Mm -hmm. But what what do you think was different about you going to going to study at this stage of life as opposed to when you started out? One of the big benefits is that I had the, the having the background in HR and having that experience helped significantly. Yeah. So going back to school at that age or at that stage in life, I already had a lot of years of experience and it benefited me that I could use all of that knowledge that I had, all of that experience that I had and apply it to the work that I was doing in an academic context. Yeah. So, and that's even part of the reason why I delayed the PhD. So I'll share with you that years before when I did the master's, my plan was to do the master's and I was like 21 when I did my master's degree. So my plan was to work for two years and then do the PhD, which would have carried me to 23. At the time I said, I didn't have enough experience. At first I didn't have enough work experience to really carry me through a doctoral program. So I didn't do the PhD at that age. Fast forward when I actually did it, having all of those years of experience and working as a practitioner in HR and so many industries, it's a wealth of knowledge that you can apply to the academic context. And for me, that was a big benefit. Yeah. It helped me in terms of conferences, helped me in terms of research, helped me know on the job. So yeah. it certainly was a benefit having the world of work experience that I didn't have before. Yeah. It's fabulous. So you left your good job. Well, good, good job. Well, you good, good job. Well, good job. <laughs> as, as, as I say, yes. Okay. yes. And you went back to school. So, mm -hmm. what was the reaction, and what was the biggest challenge about doing that for you? The reaction—it's funny. So, I remember literally like with my first semester, and a friend calling me, and I remember clearly 
they were saying, Manika, what is a big old woman like you doing in school? I remember the conversation clearly. And I didn't think I was an old woman until I got that call. And then not only just an old woman, you know that you're from the Caribbean, you're a big old woman. So yeah. I was like, what's a big old woman like you doing in school? And I had other friends, I had two others, and I remember exactly, they said, Malika, but you are mad. Because why would you leave your job? Because yeah. now I'm going to school. It means that I have no income coming in. I have no earnings. So the reaction was, some persons were supportive, like, this is what you want to do, go and do it. You know, but there were other persons that thought I was crazy. Friends thought I was crazy. My family was very supportive, particularly my father. I remember him saying, if you don't do it, you're going to regret this for the rest yeah. of your life, yeah. you know? And I took that into consideration. And he would say things like, there's a PhD out there with your name on it. So go and get it. Mm. So that was the reaction there. But the challenge, challenges was just that you're going back into this new space as a student, and as I mentioned, I did my master's at 21. Yeah. So this is years later that I'm going back into the classroom and not wearing my heels and my suit anymore. I'm now in jeans on campus <laughs> with a lot of people that are, you know, pretty young. And the truth is I didn't think I was old, but when you get onto a university campus with people who've just left high school, you realize, you realize that you are, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can see the difference. And then I also was instructing, so I have students, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're not Malaika, you know, or Miss whoever, yeah. and, you know, you, you recognize your age, but it, it was a good challenge. I thought, it was a, I thought it was funny at some point in time, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it, yeah. And plus you're in a different country as well. And it's a different country. So yeah. that in itself was an experience. So there are challenges, not just challenges being an older student, but challenges being in a new country. Yeah. And challenges, which I think, you know, that like you can relate to challenges being a black woman in certain environments. Yeah. yeah. That's certainly something that I had to navigate. And I had experienced some of it before when I was doing a master's. Yeah. But it's a different thing at this stage in life because one year old or two. You're a big old woman. A big old woman at this stage. I'm a big old woman at this stage. <laughs> and there are expectations of you as a black woman in the US. Yeah. And some of those expectations, I didn't have those, I didn't know that those expectations were there yeah. before yeah. going. Yeah. And if I'm to be quite frank, that in itself was a challenge, certainly in the beginning where I had to navigate now being in this environment, it's expected of me to assume certain roles and certain positions because I am a black person. Yeah. And I would have to sometimes have conversations to explain that, yes, I am a black person. But I don't necessarily have a certain reality that other mm. black persons in this environment might have. So those are some of the things that initially I had to navigate. And yeah. it was challenging initially. It's it there were days when it was more uncomfortable than I would have wanted. Yeah. But yeah. it's also part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I totally yeah. agree. I totally accept that. So mm. we talked about the challenges, but what has been the best thing about making a mid-career change, but making that change at this stage of your career? Ah, the best thing. The best thing probably is because I went into academia. So academia by itself affords me a new experience outside of what I would have gotten in corporate. Mm. And also academia affords me a certain level of flexibility that I did not have in corporate. Yeah. And at this stage, the flexibility is very, very important to me. Yeah. Where my career is concerned. And also you mentioned that I have a a small person that I'm responsible for. So that flexibility helps. 
So the best part of it is just I have a new experience. I know even in terms of my professional side, I have the opportunity to look at the field of HR initially just as a practitioner, but now I have the opportunity to engage in research where the field is concerned. And I have the opportunity to see what it is that as a practitioner we are doing or we could be doing because I have access to all this research and I have the opportunity to, in some instances, to shape what's happening. Mm. And to me, that's a very, 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 very good thing, particularly where the region is concerned. Mm. And because a lot of what's happening in the region is we get US-based research. Yes. I have the opportunity yes. now to be a part of that and to see how I can benefit HR mm. in the Caribbean. Yeah, mm. so that to me, that's a good thing for where the mid-career transition is concerned. Yeah. Fabulous, yeah, fabulous. Mm-hmm. And you talked about your little person. Yeah. So, and 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 it's a, and she's and and it's a, it's a she. It's a she. She's she. A, yeah, my daughter. She's, she's she's a fairly new little person. So, <laughs> yeah. So how do you balance that being mid career? I mean, you know, for me, the thought of having thought of having children at this stage of my career is pretty daunting. I had mine very very <laughs> early, so my right. children are probably not far off. No, I'm gonna give them away. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna give my age away. But the big men, the big men. Mm-hmm. So, how do you balance having that change, that career change, with a young family? What I had to do, I don't even know if I balance it sometimes. To be very yeah. honest with you, I think but what I had to do, yes, yeah, so I don't like word life balance. But you know yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. That's fine. But what I had to do is, one, I had to make a decision. So initially. I was a mother that wanted the baby at home with her all the time. Yeah. So I had her home with me. I had to make a decision that I cannot manage the motherhood and the work at the same time in the same space. Yeah. So I really didn't like the idea, for instance, of the daycare or you know anything of that sort. But I had to realize that if I don't do that, then I'm not going to be able to strike that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. starting to drown. Like you'd be on a meeting but then you have a child in the background it really wasn't working so what I do for balance is I try and navigate my time so I know that within a particular time I am working I put Mm -hmm. on my hat and I'm working Mm -hmm. and when that time ends then I put on my other hat and I become Mm -hmm. the mother again and I zone in totally on that right so I've really had to kind of had some kind of separation, yeah, separate yeah, the yeah. roles. And that's really how I've been able to balance. I tried before to be doing both and it, it was becoming quite chaotic. So I had to be honest with myself, that it's not working out. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. And, and so I nice, had to stress. And it's nice you touched on that because one of the things we talk about with being a black woman is mm-hmm. being the superwoman, is being the woman yeah. who is everything. Being mm-hmm. the woman who's proud to carry all that weight on our shoulders. All the weight and the burden, yeah. 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 Because I wanted, I wanted, like, I felt like I should, and I think, you know, even to mention, like, I felt at this stage, I should be doing that, like, I should have my child home with me, and why not, you know, I can take care of her, I can nurture her, but it really got to a point where I, I will be frank, I couldn't balance both of them, I couldn't balance both, so I had to, you know, you hear people use the term, get out of your own way, yeah, I had to get out of, yeah, so I had to get out of my own way, get to the point of the daycare in the mornings you know we hand over yeah have a great day and then I go and I do what I need to do um and not not have that quote-unquote burden anymore you know it's not really a burden but yeah doing both can be challenging yeah yeah and and I think and I think sometimes women forget 
And I also say this to my children that, you know, I was an individual before I met you. I yeah. can't lose my identity. It's bad enough <laughs> losing our identities. No, we lose our identities. We become somebody else at work. Mother. We could become, mm-hmm. we, we become a mother. We become a partner. And we lose our identities, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, so, it, so it's good that we get that opportunity, that space, just to reclaim who we are and get that little Even bit. Even for a short time. Yes. Even for a short time during the day. Yeah. Even for a short time during the day. Yeah. I had to do it. I had to do it. And I was going into a new area and I wanted to, I wanted to ensure that going into this new era, I was able to function effectively. Mm-hmm. It wasn't happening before. Yeah. So to function effectively, I had to draw that line and do, do things differently. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that and being so transparent. I know. So, <laughs> okay. um, so Malika, um, what do you wish you would know when you started on your career pivot, your career transition? Um, I don't know that there's anything that I would have wanted that I wanted to know before that I wish yeah. I had known. Yeah. yeah. The truth is, I went into it kind of open, like this is a mm-hmm. new experience. I don't know what it's about. I have no idea. I've never been in this space. But the thing is, I told myself I'm gonna try it. Yeah. And if it yeah. doesn't work, then that's fine. I'll do something else. Yeah. I can just go back home, <laughs> right? So. It's not that I would have wanted to know anything. Um, you know, when it comes down to the roles yeah, and your job, yeah. then yeah, you know, there are things that would help. But just in terms of going into this new space, not necessarily that I would have wanted to know anything. I I went in deliberately open, mm. wanting it to be a new experience, wanting it to just be something else that I've not done it before. Mm. I want to know what this is about and I am going to try it. So no, I, I, I don't even know if I would have wanted anybody to tell me anything to kind of cloud like yeah. my vision or my judgment of what it would yeah. be. I just yeah. wanted to go in and jump in. Yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted. Well, you can share with me, just me here, you know, uh-huh. um, just, you. Why, just me. <laughs> you know, did you, didn't you have, did you have any fears about making that change? I feel bad to say no, because I know I should have some, right? <laughs> I wasn't <that laughs> I wasn't um I wasn't but I think I, I didn't have any fears about going in um yeah. I didn't I was I was excited about going into something new yeah. I really had no I just I was excited about it I wasn't really I wasn't afraid I was curious excited I wanted to go in. maybe yeah. the fear is a normal fear because like I had to move you know I moved yeah. to a new state you know, moved to a new job. I was with child, you have a new baby. Those are natural things that bring about discomfort. Mm. You know, the change is gonna bring yeah. about discomfort. Yeah. But to say that I was afraid or that there was a fear, I don't know that I can say that there was a fear. Mm. Even, I remember going into the PhD and at the start of the PhD program, one of the professors asked all of us like, you know, what are you afraid of yeah. going into the PhD? And I gave him the same answer. I said, I'm not afraid. I don't have any fears. And he was annoyed. He said, you must have. And I said, the only thing, I don't even know if it's a fear. I said, as long as I can get through stats. Yeah. Which <laughs> I said, if I can get through a stats course. Yeah. There is nothing else that is giving me any kind of fear, or any yeah. kind of anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, Maybe if I think about it more, but the truth is, I don't know that I had much fear about it. I really was just very open to a new experience and 
was like, let me see what it is. This yeah. this should be interesting. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I'm, I'm probably not, a, when I think about it, probably not surprised at that because one of the things you said early on is that you planned. Yeah. You had a plan for this. So during that planning process, I'm assuming you would have gone through the pros and cons and what would happen and what could be easy. I'm yeah. a very methodical person. Yeah. So yeah. I could so, see you working that through. Yeah. So I really, if I, yeah, like I literally will take a piece of paper and I have on one side what will work, what will not work. Yeah. And I, I look at both of them and like which side have which side is gonna come out greater? Like, are there more things on the will work side, more things yeah. on the not going to work side? Yeah. So I do that and I do, I do that with everything. Yeah. Um, so maybe that helps. Maybe I do have the fear, but then maybe because I go through that process, yeah, then maybe the fear yeah. goes or the fear is not staying for a very long time. Yeah. So yeah, I literally sit down and I write down all the things that yeah. will work or won't work. And I guess that's what helps. So yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're, right. you're identifying up front, up front what the issues could be. You know, yeah. the fear of yeah. something going wrong, which is the fear of failure, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You're identifying those up front and you're mm-hmm. already looking which is what I do with my, my clients. They look, start planning, look at right. what, you know, what could happen, the best, best case, worst case scenarios. What would be your workaround plans? We already know that our careers aren't linear. They're not able no. They go no. through the entire alphabet before we reach where we need to reach to, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. they do. But as long as we can work out what that, what those different letters and directions could be, then mm-hmm. we're forewarned is for, for all, forewarned is forearmed. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to me, I think part of it too is that in the back of my head, I always sit, I'm always like, if it doesn't work, I have a friend and her her thing is always chalk it up to experience. Yeah. <laughs> if it don't work, I chalk it up to experience. And then I'm like, if it don't work, then I'm going home. Yeah. Right. Which is not a good thing. Maybe it's not the best approach, because maybe, you know, maybe if you give it a different approach, then the outcome will be different. But in my head, there's something else that I can do. If yeah. I didn't have anything else, yeah. then maybe I'd be afraid of, oh my goodness. But yeah. I figure there is something else, yeah. whatever that something else is. But there is something else. And so I don't, I don't know that I'm a, I didn't have fears about it. And I don't, I don't want to even have fears about it because then you begin to panic. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you can't function that way. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's, great. Yeah. that's great. And you said early on that your dad said to you, if you didn't go for it, you'd have regrets. So yes. what regrets do you think you would have had if you hadn't gone for it? Then I'd have been so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been upset at myself and not upset in the sense that, oh, this is something that I'm so in love with it that I have to go for it. Yeah. But yeah. The, I, the desire came to go and get the PhD or the desire came to go into academia. If I didn't try, I would have been very, very angry. So I wanted to try it. If I try it and it don't work, then I would be fine because yeah. at least I tried it. Yeah. So I could have gone home, go back into corporate or, you know, my initial plan was to go into the consultancy and that's fine. But I had done that. So in my head, I believe I had contributed to the organizations yeah. where I worked. Yeah. I believe I, I had added value. So I was kind of satisfied that I had done that. I can do it again and I probably will do it again. But I had never done the academia. If I didn't do it, I'd be upset. And then I would always have this. I don't like to have the 
lingering. I don't yeah. like to have that feeling of yeah, 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 what yeah. if and yeah. I wonder yeah. if and I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I always call Some people, that, yeah. I always call them the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, I don't like it. It yeah. makes me, it, it doesn't sit well with me. I like people who can get the idea, don't do it and then let us move and leave it. Yeah. I don't have that gift. I'll be honest, I think it would write me. <laughs> it would be on my conscience and I'd be saying, then my life, you couldn't even try. Like, yeah. would it, it wouldn't do nothing, like just try. I'd have been angry, so I had to try. Fair enough. Yeah, I had to try. Yeah. Yeah. I get you on that. Now, Malika, <laughs> you come across, you've had a very successful career, but Hopefully. it can't have all been smooth sailing. So my question to you is, how has failure made a positive difference in your life? So the failure, the failure is part of the process, right? So I accept that the failure is part of the process. Yeah. I think like it makes a positive difference in the sense that I know that if I get through the failure, then I'm going to get to the good part, which is where <laughs> I'm trying to get to. And that's where I'm trying to get to. So it's a part of the process. And I know that it is going to happen. In my mind, it is going to happen, and maybe that's not the right, the right um, thought process. But I know I figure it's going to happen at some point in time. So yeah, make it happen mm. because as soon as it happens, then I'm one step closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To the end result. That's how yeah. I look at it. So okay. hopefully, not too many failures. Like I don't want too many of them because then that becomes disastrous, right? So I don't want too many. But it's going. To, I just figure it's going to come. I don't know that. I don't know you get to your 40s or your 50s and your 60s and you don't have the failures mm. or you know I don't know you 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 I don't know anybody is going to have that experience but I just figure if I get it then I get that out of the way and then I can move on to something else that's yeah. how I look at it yeah I think the biggest thing like you said no one gets their 50s 60s um without failure and I think it's your yeah. It's your approach to it, like you said. It's it, if it happens, what can I learn from it? Yeah, yeah, and it is it is going to. Yes, and yeah. I, and I think somebody will look at me and would hear that and think, you know, that's not the right approach. You shouldn't say it's going to happen, but you know, maybe maybe I have it wrong. But I, I, you know, I think I don't think I don't think it's the, it's the the fact that it's going to happen. I think it's accepting the fact that it could happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know? So it can happen. Something yeah. can happen. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. And it's so not going to. Yeah, it's accepting mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not, it's not going to be a surprise if it does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if yeah. It so I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Something can happen and we acknowledge that. Yeah. And if it does happen, then that's fine. We yeah. deal with that and yeah. move on to getting to the exactly. result that we want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Fantastic. <laughs> um, just reframe it a little bit. So, Malika, if you had to start over from scratch, knowing what you know now, mm -hmm. what would you do differently? In this process, um, what would I do differently? I know you mentioned before about planning. Mm. I would have done a little better with my planning beforehand. Okay. So, yeah, so my planning kind of started towards the tail end of the PhD going into academia. But there's a lot that you can do as a doctoral student, as a PhD student, to prepare you for that role. So that your academic journey is, I want to say, a more successful journey. 
-hmm. because I never intended to go into academia. There are things that I could have done. I didn't do them. So there are other persons, you'll speak to other PhD students and they'll tell you about lots of things that they did, um, mm -hmm. whether it is the publications, the conferences, the research. I did all of those things, but it is the magnitude of work or the amount of publications, for instance, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. What I, knowing what I know now, I would have engaged more. Right. So that my academic journey as a professor, probably I could have been at a different stage than I am at now. Yeah. So I think yeah. off the top, I think that's that is the only thing. The planning would have started a little right. earlier. Right. But then I don't know what I could have planned earlier because I never I never anticipated to like it. So <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I didn't anticipate that at all. But that's the only thing. Now that I know yeah. that I like it, yeah, I would have probably just done a little different in terms of the planning. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That. So you've been through a transition, you've moved countries, you've changed jobs, you've changed whole whole careers. And, yeah. and you and you're, you're doing this, you know, a little more mature than than, than some than some some of the women. You're holding everything together. So, what right. advice would you share with women who are embarking on their own career transition or thinking about it? Um, different things. I think, as far as possible, to maybe try and be clear about what you want to do next. Sometimes that's difficult. We don't know what the next, like, you know, you want to do something, but you're not quite sure what it is. But to try as far as possible to figure out what it is that you want to do, how it is that you can get support on that transition. And I feel like sometimes we don't want to get the support for whatever reason, like, you know, privacy, you don't want people in your business, you don't want people to know what you're doing, so you don't talk about it. Or as you mentioned at the start of the interview, you feel like you're supposed to keep everything like you know you're the black woman or you're the woman so you're yeah, supposed yeah, to manage everything yeah, yeah. but for someone who is contemplating a transition i would say try and be clear on what it is that you want to do mm. get the support wherever that support is supposed mm -hmm. to come from try mm. and get the support and then whatever it is that you want to do i want to say kind of be okay to let go of what life looked like and I'll use an example for you. I have a colleague now. I won't give out too much, but doc, doc, she's a PhD as well. She's left that life and doing something else that is totally, totally out of scope, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But that career transition is, I recognize or she has recognized that this is something else that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I guess part of the advice would be when you recognize what you want to do, even if it doesn't look like what you quote unquote should be doing yeah, or it yeah. is not in line with what you have been doing or what yeah. you have been doing through yeah. school or work, leave it. Like yeah. if, if you don't want to do it anymore, it's not working. Yeah. Then I would say yeah. to leave it. So it's just to kind of be satisfied enough that you're clear on what you want to do, you get yeah. the help and then yeah. you are okay to leave whatever you've been doing and move on to something else. Yeah. But you can go back. You yeah. can go back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great piece of advice because the whole thing of here is about reinvention. Yeah. I've always had, I've always had this thing in my, I've always had this thing that, you know, when we're, at, when, when we're younger, we're at school, we're in our early teens and we're expected mm -hmm. to choose topics and subjects that are supposed to dictate the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. But we evolve as humans, naturally yeah. we evolve as individuals. Mm -hmm. So what you wanted, what you want in your 40s, your 50s, definitely should be what it should be in the 20s. Yeah. 
So we have to accept that. And the one thing I have seen and why I'm so fascinated, I work a lot with women making these transitions, is that I've seen so many women who have stuck steadfast because mm-hmm. you know they believe this is what they should be doing because it's what they've done in the past or they studied yeah. it or they worked for mm-hmm. it and they cannot let it go. Yeah. But it's making yeah. you miserable. You know, it's, you're unhappy. You're unhappy. Totally yeah. unhappy. And the fact is, if you're in your 40s, you've got another 20 odd years of working at least or more or more more. (laughs) more. more, yeah you want to be miserable doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. society plays a role and like we have all of these notions about what we're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it who is going to be affected if you do it or if you don't do it and it's really it's at some you know you can become stuck or you can become affected and sometimes i don't like I can understand sometimes why somebody would want to make the transition, but they don't. I yeah. can understand because there are so many factors. But I guess it's like getting to a point where I want to use the term brave. Maybe you're brave enough or you're bold enough or you get frustrated and angry with yourself enough. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you get frustrated enough, then, and if that's the point where, you have, where somebody has to get to, yeah. Yeah. then get there. Been there. You get there. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. been right. You know. been, been there. Been there. Yeah. Been there. You know, and, yeah. and, I, and I love what you said about society because um the one thing that I this year I've admitted to myself is that I'm semi-retired. Really? I've you know, I would never ever accept the fact, but when you look at the cold facts, you know, <laughs> what what you do, how many hours you work, what you do, right? You are semi-retired. But I wouldn't accept it because I was concerned that what, what people say about me or society think that you how are you and but I'm thinking, hang on it, it's actually a good position to be in because you've maneuvered and planned your life and created right. the life you want to enable you, you to want. be it. You know, yeah. so I'm I'm like, I'm accepting it now. My husband keeps laughing, going, you know, I've been telling you for years. You know, I was, already there, I was already there. You need to accept it, you know. But and and I think that having that almost accepting that mindset has stopped me thinking I need to work even harder when actually that's not what I want to do. Yeah, that's not but you were thinking you were thinking that you had to because it's expectation. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So enough yeah. about me. We're coming up to the end of our last few questions for life. It's been a great conversation. So if my question for you is if you could choose your own mentor, who would it be and why? So my own mentor. There are people. It has to be, I don't have one person. So that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I don't even know if I have a person. I think anybody who, just like you, I'm fascinated by people, by women who get to this point, whether it is through frustration or whatever whatever it is and then they change lives or anybody who can do that and I'm also because of the space where I'm in I'm also very impressed by women who can come into a space leave home come into a space as a quote-unquote immigrant or whatever and then excel so anybody who anybody who has been able to make that change anybody who has been able to excel I think about like this is somebody I admire not that Probably, I don't know if it would be a mentor, but, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly, Indra Nui, is it how you pronounce? She was a CEO of Pepsi. Right. But I think about, yeah, but I think about someone like her who left home, she's an Indian woman who has come to the US with all of the 
the labels of being an immigrant, yeah. you know, your skin color, all of those things to get to the position where she's at, at the head of one of those um, large Fortune 500. So I don't know if I have a mentor. That's a good question. I don't know if I have any one person, but any anybody who's been able to get to the point of rejecting all that is expected of them because yeah. the world or society said that you must yeah, and that they're doing what they want to do and they're satis- satisfied that they're doing what they want to do and they're happy, then I, I, I would take that person as my mentor to help me also to get there. <laughs> great answer, great answer. Yeah. So, so what are the three things that you, have you learned about yourself, Malika, during your career? Hmm. What have I learned? I, I, good question. I think I do, I've learned that I do what I, I will do what I want to do, you know, what I believe is best for me. But I also learned that I take a long time to do what is, what I want to do. I take a long time to get to that point. Um, I don't know that's not learning, but I'm aware, so they learn that I'm aware of what I want. Yeah. But I also learned that I take a long time to get to the different points um, that I want. So you said three things? Yeah. Is it three things that I should identify? I get what I, I do what I want. I get what I want to do. Um, take a long time. So the real word for that is that, that I procrastinate. So, so I learn about myself. <laughs> so I learn about myself that I do that, but it's also learning that um, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. Um, what's the third thing that I've learned? I think I've learned that I enjoy the balance and I enjoy, I enjoy the opportunity to do more than one thing. Right. So yeah, that's, and I, I want to keep doing more than one thing. Mm. So I don't want to, I enjoy the flexibility that different avenues have afforded me or can afford me. Um, that's a good question. I should think about it more. But yeah, those are, I think that's what I've learned along the way. Okay. Certainly in, in both, in both academic and as a practitioner. Yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you think on that. I'll let you mull on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and one thing I didn't ask before I get to the last, last question, um, your study is aging in the workplace, Yeah, mm-hmm. which I love as a topic. So why that particular topic? Why the fascination with that? With age? It yeah. comes from working in HR. So I worked in HR, I worked in HR for years. And as part of the rule, obviously, when employees get to the point of retirement, then what we would do, you know, we have a big send-off party, everybody has a good time and then they go. I got to the point where I saw employees who were not ready for retirement. Yes. And they yes. would be yeah. uncomfortable. Somebody would be afraid. Yeah. Some of them would not, they're not ready. Yeah. And if I'm to be honest, initially, because I went into HR very young, that's why I did the master's at 21. So by yeah. 22 years old, I was yeah. working in HR. My thought process at 22 wasn't that somebody would not be prepared for retirement. My thought process at 22 and 23 was, this is nice, like you get to retire. And I was happy to be at these retirement luncheons or whatever we would have. But years later, you realize that that is not what, that's not the case for so many persons. They are not ready. Mm -hmm. And then from an organizational standpoint, because I work in HR or worked in HR, then I also saw the impact because somebody has retired 
and then other employees are left either not knowing what to do right right the work overload things of that nature yeah, and then the yeah. business suffers so that's really how it came about because as a practitioner i saw yeah. the impact on the yeah. employee and on the employer yeah. and then when i went to the phd there were also older students and they were not navigating in the same way that the younger students were so yeah. i actually started out doing research on older students in higher ed and okay. what can we do as professors to facilitate their learning and their yeah. success yeah so that's really where it, that that's really how it how it came about and that's why i focus on aging a yeah. lot of people are not ready <laughs> no, um, no, very true. No, very true. Not, not ready for retirement, and through no fault. I mean, it. it and it, I mean, that's for another discussion. That's another time. But a lot of persons are not ready, and the impact is not just on the individual, because when you have somebody who has to retire, the family is going to be impacted. Yeah, the individual is impacted, and the empl the employer, the organization, the employees that you leave behind is such a domino effect. Yeah, it's really it's it's an area that I think is very very important, yeah. and so that's why that's why I focus on it. And it's yeah. going to get more and more important because the the world world is aging, and we're staying longer. So it's a fast. I was yeah yeah. So, yeah everything is right. Yeah, we're aging. Just yeah. last week I had a session and they were we were focusing on. I mean, I was a guest at the session, yeah. but the focus was on aging in the Caribbean specifically because we are aging so much faster than other yeah. regions in the world. Yeah. That's not your topic for the show, but, <laughs> but um, that's why I focus on it. The world is aging. God's willing we all get to the point of retirement, yeah. but we want to make sure that when we get to that point, yeah. then we can function and yeah. not be not be in a bad bad situation Fantastic. so that's why I, that's, yeah Fantastic. that's why i focus on that so my last question then okay <laughs> is what does success feel like to you success um if i'm to be honest i think it's it's a different feeling at different points mm -hmm. so this is so silly but I'm like if i think about myself as a mother on a given day when everything works well <laughs> then I've had a successful day because you know I've mothered well on that day but it's different things at different stages um when I left work and went to do the PhD that for me felt like success because I finally got to the point of doing the PhD which had been yeah. on a desire for such a long time yeah whenever I accomplish the goal then that for me is a success I don't care when it is accomplished or it don't have to be anything major. When I moved different states to where I'm now, I knew no one here. Yeah. I moved here during the pandemic. It was total chaos. But, you know, I came and I did it and I navigated and, you know, I'm here. That for me is a success. So I don't have any one thing yet that is right. success, but different things at different points. When I check off and I say, all right, Malika, you did that. You get that done such and such then I said okay fine that was a success in that arena yeah that's it right now <laughs> okay I accept <laughs> like that was my last question but if people okay. want to connect with you or know a little bit more about what you're doing how can they do that oh sure so I'm I guess right now heavily active on LinkedIn so persons can find me on LinkedIn um my Dr. Malika T. Edwards and you'll find me or the HR academic I use that as my catchphrase and I'm also on social media, on Instagram, Dr. Malika Dr. Edwards. 
I'd always email. My email is on LinkedIn as well, but it's malaika.t.edward at gmail.com. But LinkedIn is a fabulous place to, to find me. Excellent. Yeah. That's where I found you. So um, I found you right. I found you. So I'll yeah. definitely go that. I'll definitely use those links in the show notes. But Dr. Malaika, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you talking to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Sure. Bye.